thank you for being here today and uh, coming out and in the not quite so warm weather, but next week, Sunday, it's supposed to be 51 degrees. So we'll see. Some of you would be happy about that, I'm sure. And thank you for being here for this sermon series. Many of you were here last week and uh, and uh, you know that we began a sermon series on connecting to the power source. And today's our second Sunday, and I'm glad that you could join us. We are asking two questions in this series, a number of questions, but especially focused on two questions. What does God want to say to me in 2022? Uh, what does uh, what he want for us? And then what does he want for our church? And I hope that uh, as we go through this series and we spend some time talking about the future and a vision, that uh, you'll have in your heart an answer to those questions. What does God want to say to you? And what does God want for us together as a church in this community and what we are doing together? What kind of church does God want us to be? What kind of Christians does God want us to be in this church? Uh, last week... I talked about number one. I talked about the kind of church and the quality of church that God wants us to be. And I said that God wants us to be a listening church. A listening church. You can sit there and you can tune in or tune out. I know that. I do that everywhere I go. You can take in what's going on around you and just kind of let it go one ear and out the other. Or you can deeply hear what God's saying to you. And today, I want to encourage you to be a listening church. A listening church that is tuned toward God. I talked a little bit last week about slowing down enough to quiet ourselves, to listen and to be led by God, that we will hear Him show us things in our life and our influence that He wants for us and the church. I suggested last week that that we each take five minutes each day, kind of as a beginning point, five minutes, and be quiet, totally silent before God. Just intentionally sitting down somewhere or wherever you're at, take five minutes and just put everything aside and say, God, what is it in my life? What is it that you want me to hear from you? And I hope that you've been able to do that this week and that you have sensed the movement of God and the presence of God in your life, that, that you can hear him and listen to him. This morning, I want to turn to another uh, quality of a healthy Christian, and I believe a, a healthy church, and that is this, that our church, our people, need to be people who are following Jesus. And our minds and our hearts and our focus as Christians is on hearing what Jesus said and what Jesus wants for the church. There is so much. Every time you read a story about Jesus that you can learn from him, his incredible parables that he shows us the values that are important to the kingdom of God, there's so much that we can learn from him as his disciples. God wants us to be his disciples, believing that just as he had 
physical disciples in his day who followed him around and listened to him and he taught them and he trained them and he loved them. Jesus wants for us to be his disciples today. And it's different in that we don't train like we did when Jesus was here, but we do train if we are committed to be a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, that that our Christianity is not based on the values of the world, but it's based on what God has shown us, the truth. Jesus said, I am the truth, the way, and the life. And our Christianity must be focused on hearing the truth of what Jesus says about all things in our lives. Would you read with me from Mark chapter 8, verse 34? I want to read something that Jesus said about being a disciple. What did Jesus say when he was talking to uh, his disciples about the future and who would be a disciple and what are the qualities of a person who's a disciple of Jesus? Chapter 8 of, of Mark says this, Then he called the crowd to him along with his disciples and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world yet forfeit his own soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus says a lot to us about following him and about being a disciple in this passage. He asks a couple of questions that, that we can rhetorically think about and, and answer for ourselves. What good is it? For someone to gain the whole, year, the whole world but forfeit their own soul. That every person has an opportunity to allow their soul to be redeemed by God and to live under God's grace, his umbrella of mercy, and his love and his plan and his blessings. And all of us make choice to that. But we also can throw it away thinking that the thinking of the world and the, the mindset of immorality or any other thought processes of the world are better than what Jesus says. Jesus tells us that we can trade our souls for what the world offers. And so many people choose to do that. Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? What is it that seems better than to live under God's grace and God the eternal Father's blessings? Jesus said that being his disciple is the number one mission of the church. Think about the great commission in both chapter in, in uh, Matthew chapter 28 and the end of chapter Mark. He said, go and make disciples. Jesus said that the most important thing that we can do as a church is to help people to be on a journey of following him. The Church of the Nazarene, you probably, you may know its mission statement, and you, you might not. It's very short. It says, to make disciples in the nations. That God wants us to be thinking about the journey and the process from that moment that we hear of the gospel, even before we've heard of the gospel, of how to be an influence in people's life, that they come to hear of who Jesus is and accept him by faith, and then they live out the life 
that Jesus lived out, that he wants us to follow and to be a part of it. Jesus also said that being a disciple would not be easy at times. And this passage and these words of Jesus remind us the reality that being a Christian is not for those that only want certain conveniences of this life. Being a Christian is being willing to accept what Jesus gives us and how he wants us to live and the blessings that come with that. It's a choice. Being a follower of Jesus is a choice. It's a decision that all of us can make and need to make. And it's a deep calling. The calling is for you today. Are you going to be a follower of Jesus? Is your faith, is your Christianity going to be rooted in listening and hearing to all the things that Jesus says to you and follow him and listen to him? Jesus is looking for disciples. He's looking for followers. And I would say to everyone that's here today, thank you for being here. And I realize that you, you're here, that doesn't make you a follower of Jesus. It may make you someone who is thinking about that, or maybe you have been a follower a long time, or maybe you're in that place where you're deciding whether or not you're going to follow Jesus with your life. That is a choice that you have to make. Your parents can't make it for you. Your boyfriend or your wife or your uh, teacher can't make that decision for you. Whether or not you are a follower of Jesus and you set your mind and your heart and your focus on what God says is a choice that everyone makes. He calls us to be his follower. And I believe God wants a following church, a discipling church where our conversations and our decision making and and uh, our ministry is about following Jesus. God wants a following church. Verse 34, it says, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. Again, Jesus tells us that being a Christian is a decision to make where we choose to do what's right. We don't always choose things that might be convenient or be easy. We choose the high road, for example. We say yes to certain things that we know God wants for us in our attitude, in our spirit, in our priorities, in uh, what we say, yes, God, I want to follow you. I want to be close to you. I want to be as close to you as I possibly can. Following Jesus in our relationships and our moral values saying no to things that we know God doesn't want for us. Being a disciple says, God, I'm going to get as close to Jesus as I possibly can, following Jesus. Being a disciple means that you are on a path going through life with a mindset, with a worldview, kind of like having a compass inside of you that's measured by Jesus, saying, I want to be like Jesus. I want to measure my life by Jesus. I want everything inside of me to, to be directed by Jesus. We know that disciples take up a cross. Jesus said everyone or anyone, whoever, this is found in three of the Gospels, whoever wants to be a disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross. Being a Christian means that I choose, I want to, I'm willing to, I see why uh, 
Taking up my cross is so important for me to live the life that God has for me. At times, making hard choices that to hear and to follow Jesus. Keeping our eyes on him. Jesus said, follow me. He said it many times, follow me, follow me. In the church, in the body of Christ, sometimes we might have a tendency to follow certain people. Maybe a leader, maybe a pastor, maybe a friend, maybe another Christian in your life that you know, maybe a, another student that's a Christian. And there's great, there's great value in, in the body of Christ and one another. But we must always be focused on following Jesus, hearing what he says and responding to him. Jesus also uses a word here about being ashamed. He says, if anyone is ashamed of me and my words... Uh, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory with the holy angels. Jesus tells us that when we are a Christian, when we're taking up our cross, there might be times when we're criticized. There might be times when people around us will not think that we're doing what we should for our, for our best and our own good. But Jesus reminds us to be a Christian. There will be times when we'll have to stand alone. There may be times when we have to decide, yes, I'm going to do what's right, even if nine out of ten people around me are not. I'm going to do what I know God wants me to do. That's having that identity that I am going to be what God wants me to. We listen to Jesus carefully, highly treasuring his words. We connect to his identity we connect. We know who he is, the Son of God. We know about Jesus that he's not just another man. He is the Son of God. He is God himself. So when he speaks, we know that what he says is full of truth and love. We also know that he was the sinless sacrifice. He lived his life without sin. And then he went to the cross. He was the Lamb who was put on the cross. Isaiah says, all we like sheep have gone astray. We've gone to our own way, but the Lord has laid on him that lamb, the iniquity of us all. We have to keep in our hearts and our minds the foremost of Jesus' identity. When we decide how to live our lives, he's not just another buddy. He's not just another voice. He's not just another perspective. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And we must embrace him to be his followers and his disciples. And to make a difference. We will not make a difference in this world as a church unless we embrace the mission of who Jesus is, his identity. And we hold that dear in our hearts. In our hearts is a place that we have to hold that. Oh, Jesus, what have you done for me? Who are you? And we hold on to that. When we come together and we, we worship, we give him our very best that that we do our best to show the thankfulness that we have in our hearts. Also, when we think about his identity, I think about the power of his love and how powerful that is in our world and how important, you know, we've heard the expressions, love makes the world go around. I'll tell you, God's love is what will bring this world together and will bring people to his peace and transformation in his life. We must embrace Jesus as a church. We hear his teaching. We hear the insight. 
we, uh, we recognize that Jesus is speaking to every soul, every spirit when he speaks. When we take up the Bible and we read the stories, that we never lose that excitement and that joy of hearing what Jesus said. And we approach the Bible in a way that's different than people who have no respect for Jesus. We respect the teaching of Jesus, believing that every time our hearts are listening to God, He will teach us something. He will show us something. We love the teaching of Jesus. We love the teacher. We love His call to us. We love that He, he takes situations of everyday life and he gives us such deep insight. For example, the story of the prodigal son, the loving father. I've been reading about that in the last few weeks and uh, kind of been a little bit of a focus of my thinking and a little bit of study. And every time I read that parable, it seems like God says something else to me about who God is. And it's so true about Jesus' words. He is so deep that if you can take away the hardness and you can listen to what Jesus says, he has something to say to you. He has so much to say to us. We must treasure the teaching of Jesus. We also see his incredible power. I mean, we see his power in the, the miracles that he's done. We read about them, and sometimes they seem kind of far away to us, but we, we see the power of Jesus, the way he dealt with people, the way he dealt with nature, the way that he has this incredible power over sickness, and even death, both we see in his teaching and then in his own resurrection. We see his compassion and his power. Jesus combined incredible power with incredible passion, compassion. People knew that he loved them. He knew what the healing meant. He knew what the miracles meant. When we read the miracles, we've got we to gotta connect the miracle to the person, the identity, and the place of Jesus. We need a church who are passionately following Jesus. And we see his mission his purpose. We see ultimately why he came. We understand the mission of Jesus. It's not just a great story. It is the identity of God that he has given to us. Whenever we think about Jesus, that we hold him in that highest place, the one who died for us, the one who could only, the only one who could bear our sins, and we hold him in that place in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirits. Disciples of Jesus never forget the mission of Jesus. We never lose our focus on his mission. Disciples are passionate for this Jesus. I want to encourage you today. Think about your passion. Think about how we kind of get into a into a place of repetition and sometimes we got to remember again how important passion is about Jesus for us, who we are, that we keep the right fire burning in our lives. 
All of us have a fire burning somewhere. But we've got to keep the fire of Jesus burning in our hearts. Maybe we need to have more conversations from the words of Jesus and the miracles of Jesus. And maybe a little less conversations about some of the other things in life that we tend to get so occupied with. But we remember how precious Jesus is. And we are passionate for Jesus. And also we keep focused on Jesus. That he is our reference point. That Jesus is the one that we are are centering down on and watching and hearing, listening to, responding to, focused on Jesus. I've never been a good photographer, but I've always been one of those guys that say, someday I'm going to get me a really good camera and I'm just going to go and take pictures. But instead, in the meantime, I use my cell phone. You know, you've seen somebody that's out there somewhere like Shinkatig, Acetig, and you always have, you know, I'm usually riding my bike, so I'm not going slow enough to take pictures anyway, but anyways, I'm riding those loops, and I can see around there, three-mile loop, and there's somebody out there uh, on a little stool and tripod and big camera. And, you know, you watch them. They take their time. They check every adjustment they get the precise angle and focus and they're locked in. That's what I think we need to be about Jesus. That we are really focusing down on what Jesus says to us as a church and as a people. I also think that another way to look at it is that we look through the lens of Jesus in everything that we do that he's our lens for how we see the world, how we see people, how we see problems, how we deal with our own problems, that we're focused on him, that he is our reference point. He is our lens through which we view the world. Disciples are faithful, consistent, enduring, patient. God wants us to be a group of disciples that are hanging in and holding on, not in a negative way, but in a positive way. God, help us to keep our eyes on the prize and the future. Help us to keep our eyes where you want them to be so that we don't uh, get our eyes on something else. I talked about that last week, how, boy, in the last two years, there are so many things that we could get our focus on, but Jesus wants us to be faithful, holding on, to the right things. Being faithful, consistent, enduring, patient. Not fair weather fans, but faithful serving the Lord and doing what he calls us to do. I'm sure that Jesus knew that many of those who started with him would fall alongside the way. And some people, well, you know, even Jesus There were people who claimed to be disciples who ended up not being disciples. Go on to that scripture, would you please, of John chapter 6. This is what we read in John chapter 6. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. You know that not everybody that started out with Jesus stayed with Jesus. And all of them abandoned him when he went to the cross. You know that Jesus knew that. He knew that there would be some people who would 
pretend to be disciples, but when things got tough, when decisions got difficult, they, w- they would leave him. And he knew that, and he felt that. It even prompted him to say after this to his disciples, to the twelve, you do not want to leave too, do you? He knew that being a disciple meant carrying a cross. It meant inconvenience sometime. It meant incredible blessings and, and good things, but it also meant making choices. Are you a disciple today? Are you passionately following Jesus? I heard this comparison here, and I thought it was pretty good. Are you a, a fan of Jesus, or are you a follower of Jesus? Maybe you've heard that phrase before. Are you a fan or a follower of Jesus? It's kind of like football to me. I can relate it to to my uh, to my being a Buckeye uh, fan. A fan. What does a fan do? Well, a fan sits on the sideline, for one thing. I usually find a seat when I go to the game. And I sit there, but I don't sit there quietly. I have an opinion. And I express it pretty loudly. Uh, Fans sit on the sidelines. And, you know, I pretty much don't help the team at all on the field. I just kind of... uh, kind of watch from a distance. I don't do much to help them. And uh, and I'm a fan. I'm a loud one. I can cheer really loud. I can, I have a big mouth. And when things are going my way, boy, I can really cheer my team on. But you know, when the Buckeyes lose, I have to fight off depression for a, at least a couple minutes. But all the time, I didn't do a thing to help them. You know, I can even stay home and not even go or not even turn on the TV if I'm not in the mood to. That's a fan. But a follower's different. A follower is somebody who's really vested. And they are going to do everything they can to help their team. They are intent. A follower is different than a fan. A follower is in the game. I mean, they are fully engaged. Whether it's a a player that's part of the team, and this analogy would, would work for that, they're in the game, and they are intensive. They have passion. They give everything they can to win. The guys on the field give everything they can to bring about victory. They give all. They give everything that they are. I'm thinking, what kind of a fan or a follower am I of Jesus? Does he see me as someone who is passionately following him? They're unashamed. Jesus used that word here, and I want to bring it up again about being ashamed. This verse says, even at a young age, kind of had an impact on me. If anyone is ashamed of me in my words, if anyone is ashamed of me. You know, Jesus knew that deep down in our hearts, we've got to make a decision and a choice. Are we going to claim him? Are we going to believe in him? Are we going to live in him? Are we going to allow the people around us and the voices around us to choose how passionate we are about following him? Jesus knew that. 
and he reminds us that we must take up our cross and follow him. A follower is very different than a fan. A, f a follower will give just about up anything for their team to win. They care deeply about it. What describes you the best? Are you a fan or a follower of Jesus? Are you a true disciple? Are you listening and waiting and hearing what Jesus wants to say to you? God is looking for faithful disciples in this church. And there are many. God is looking for people who are going to be following him in the good times and the hard times of COVID and, and, uh, and elections, wars and rumors of wars. People that want to hear the voice of Jesus. God, help us to have our eyes and our focus on Jesus. Help us to follow him with all that we are. I pray that we would be a church of people that are so passionate about following Jesus that every week we come together and our first conversation is not about the news of the week, which is just so natural for us. I mean, I'm throwing out something that I want for us. That when we come together, we're talking about how we can serve him better how we can help people, how we can pray for our neighbor or co-worker or brother or spouse, how we can influence them to be a follower of Jesus too, how we can get our mind and our heart and our passions on the things that are most important to God. God, I don't want to be a fan. I don't want to be a wishy-washy, fair-weather Christian. Either it's I'm all in or I'm, I'm out. And there's something about the call of Christ when he talks about pick up your cross. You know when Jesus said this? Mark chapter 8. Long before he went to the cross. I said it was in Matthew and Luke and uh, Mark. Every time Jesus talked about picking up the cross, it, it wasn't the week before he died. It was early. He knew the cross was coming. He knew what it was going to be. And he looked his disciples in the eye and he said, if you're going to follow me, if you're going to follow me, you must pick up your cross and follow me. God, help us to know what it means to carry our cross for him and be willing to. Be willing to and know that that's what is best for our lives. Would you stand, please, as we pray? Lord God, today I pray that you would help us to be true disciples. You said the mission of the church was to make disciples and the mission of the church of the Nazarene to make disciples in the nations. God, I pray that our mission in this church would be to see others get on the journey toward you all different places of life. There are people here this morning that are not yet on the journey, but they're considering it. They're weighing what they believe. There are people that have started on the journey and they're a little bit paused or slowed down. 
God, help them to start moving towards you, to hear your words, to see your power, (coughs) to hear the depths of your love and follow you, I pray. Help us, God, to be a church that is deep. I pray, God, that we would not be a church that's shallow, church that's just kind of watching from the sidelines, but engaging you and engaging people in this world for your kingdom, I pray. Thank you for your truth. Thank you that you speak to us today. Thank you for your love. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you again for being here today. May God help you to be a disciple for him.